Hi, this is Justin Haley driving the number 31 Colleg Racing Chevrolet in the NASCAR Cup Series. Hey guys, this is Sheldon Creed, driver of the number two wheel in Chevrolet for RCR Race. Hey everybody, this is Adam Alexander from NASCAR on Fox. This is Sam Mayer. You're listening to the You're listening to the Front Stretch Podcast with Brian Brian Nolan. of the great Mr. Pat McAfee. Hello, beautiful people. This is the week of April the 11th, 2023. Let's just be done with dirt. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is another edition of the Front Stretch Podcast with Brian. Oh, and got some big things going to be announced this edition of the program. First and foremost, my man Dalton Hopkins is back from, at first, a rainy bristle that became dry and then dirty. And then we're going to have an announcement. We're going to bring in someone. Stay tuned for that. Also, our part two interview with Kenny Schrader. Our Luke and Glover sat down with Mr. Schrader, and it was so good we had to split it up into two. Last but not least, we're going to be previewing Martinsville and everything in between. We got so much to talk about and a little bit of time to do so. So let's wave this green flag. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys. Green flag is out. Green flag is out. I'm going to bring in not Dalton Hopkins yet. Our first announcement of the show. You have heard him on the fast lane with Ed Lane. He is going to be my assistant as well as an on-air talent, in which we'll talk about in just a little bit. Please welcome to the Front Stretch family, Mr. Trey Lyle. Trey, are, are you ready to hang out with myself every single week and talk some, talk some racing, brother? I'm going to, I'll think about it. No, I'm, okay, I'm pumped. Okay. I'm pumped. I am excited uh, to, to join the team. I guess my first official race weekend with you guys, you know, I've done a couple uh, with you, it, it, you know, either with the fast lane or just through race weekends. We'll be this weekend in Martinsville, but so I'm pumped and excited to join join the team and uh, looking forward to it. Still be on my regular, I have my regular job, but this is gonna be uh, this be some fun. Let's have some fun. Last I don't think anybody's me. ready to hang out with Brian Nolan for a week after week. <laughs> you know this guy's name, Mr. Dalton Hopkins. This. Next announcement, it's a big one. Uh, our boss, Tom Bowles, gave him the green light. He then talked with me. I gave him the green light. So, Mr. Dalton Hopkins, I'm going to have you do this announcement, my friend. First and foremost, happy you're on the podcast. First time this year. I don't know why it's been so long, so that's bad on my part. But um, I want first off, thank you for coming on. And then second, uh, share the world what we are cooking up in the Front Stretch podcast side of things, bro. Yeah, well, you know, we talk about you, you go on Twitter after every NASCAR race or during every NASCAR race and you see everybody stating their opinion and everybody just talking, whether it be good or bad uh, every week. And then you get 30 other podcasts coming out every week about how good this race was or about how bad this race was or how terrible it was. That this driver got penalized or how this driver shouldn't have gotten penalized. How they shouldn't have gotten penalized. Well, and then now we're going to add another. Uh, we're going to have our own podcast coming out. Uh, sometime next week, uh, date TBD as of right now, but uh, we're going to call it uh, Front Stretch After Dark, <laughs> and it's going to be myself, Brian Nolan, God help us, and Michael Massey on the show, and we're going to be having our rotating guest uh, as well within every week, and uh, for next week, it looks like it's going to be Trey, 
uh, coming on, which is fantastic because we all like Trey. And uh, Trace is going to have to deal with Brian a little bit longer uh, next week. But we're going to be talking about all the crazy stuff that happens at Martinsville this week. I'm sure there'll be plenty, uh, all the stuff that uh, happened during the weekday this week. I'm sure something will happen with Denny Hamlin at some point. And uh, I'm sure he'll say something on Actions at the Mineral this week that, uh, or he's already said something on Actions at the Mineral this week that's uh, controversial. So. Uh, I'm I mean, sure we'll be talking he, he about talked that. about a monkey having um, sexual relations with the football. He sure, so. he so, sure did. Yeah. Didn't he? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, um, but um, there are going to be some episodes where I probably won't be able to attend. So Trey will be taking my place. Um, however, um, beyond pump for this, this Dalton came up with this idea last week, and I was like, oh my god, yes, hell yes. I can um, express my thoughts that I, I usually share on a text chain or, or on a Slack chain. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be maybe a little bit more uh, controversial or crude on that, but we're not, we're not going to go like, like locker room talk. We're, we're going to be maybe like a PG 13 um, version, but I, I mean, I'm super pumped. Um, Trey, are you going to be able to handle, handle all this? Not, not one, but two. And then a, uh, you're going to handle me. Um, people say out in the wild is a little crazy. Well, are you going to handle me out in the wild? Yeah, uh, I am. I'm, I'm excited about this uh, as I uh, make sure I'm not muted because that's a good thing because I thought it was for a second. But, uh, you know, Tom, you know, when Tom brought this idea, he must be very invested in this idea because he brought me on to co-host, you know, with Dalton. So I'm excited to work with Dalton more, excited to work with all you guys more. And uh, I know – uh, based off of what Michael Massey says to me during race weekends, I know we're in for a fun one. So uh, I'm pumped to be part of this front stretch after dark. Uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be, be a lot of fun. I, I, I'm super excited. And, um, when I first got to meet Dalton in, in LA now, me and Massey, we, we have a special friendship where, uh, Tom likes to call us twins that live upon the opposite country because we're like Beavis and Butthead. Um, when when I when I first met Dalton in in LA, I texted Massey. I was like, "Oh my God, we are triplets now because he is just like us." And, and Dalton goes and he's like, "Yeah, this is just like the military, so you, you guys would fit right in." First and foremost, I would not fit in with the military because I I could not run a mile to save my life. So, um, but um, it, it is gonna be fun. Um, there I, I'm gonna be there some weeks. I'm gonna not be there some weeks. When I am there, it's going to be fun. Not there, I will be listening. And I know Trey is going to be taking my place and going to be doing it well. Um, Godspeed, Trey, when you're trying to handle Massey and Dalton together, uh, especially this weekend since you're going to be Well, with I'm going to so be on every single one because at least I have to edit it. Oh, so, true. That is true. So true. I'm probably going to be on every single one. So Godspeed every week then, my friend. Godspeed so. every week. Um. With that being said, look for the debut episode next week, like Dalton said, TBD. Something that is TBD is the future of the Bristol Dirt Race. Now, Dalton, for the first time in your career, your illustrious broadcasting journalistic career, you got to experience Bristol. Now, I got to experience it last August, and it was out of I, – I could not experience anything more amazing than, than that. So first and foremost – what did you think at Bristol? I know it was dirt covered, but overall, your overall thoughts on on what Bristol's like? Uh, it's the second most amazing track I've ever been to. Let me guess, Daytona's number one. Absolutely, yep. uh, there's nothing that's ever going to trump that ever. Mm -hmm. um, but Bristol is still the second most amazing track I've ever been to. Uh, you walk in there through the tunnel that I had to walk through, and 
I picture it. Imagine yourself in Times Square from the infield point. Imagine yourself in Times Square and there are cars racing around you at over what is it? What's their top speed on the straightaways? 100, like 40, 150 okay. miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pretty, sure. pretty quick. I mean, I'm not, I, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure, but imagine cars just racing past you all the time. That's, I mean, and you have skyscrapers all around you. You're in a bowl, basically. And everywhere you look, there are race cars everywhere. It is, it's such an amazing place. Um, and with the dirt this week, this weekend, there was a literal haze uh, in the infield that <laughs> just kind of like clouded all of my vision. But, you know, wherever you were, like, I mean, yes, it was a little bit hazy in some points, but there were still cars in the racetrack. And my goodness, I, I cannot wait to go there again at some point. I mean, you said it best, second best racetrack. And I always say Daytona will always be one and then Bristol will be two. There's something about that track, man, and it, it is something incredible. That that that's for sure. Uh, Dalton, let's talk about just this race in general first, because there there's been so much speculation about the future of of Bristol Dirt, and it felt like that it was a little bit more just uh, just clustered, a little bit clumpy. I mean, the the dirt was a little bit clumpy at the end, and it's probably the first ever time I've used that word on this podcast. Um, but I, I digress here, my friend. What, where do you see this? We'll, we'll talk about the actual racing in in itself in a little bit, but just the future of it. From what you've heard, from what you've seen, what does the future hold for Bristol, not just overall at Bristol, but just on Easter Sunday? You know, I feel like those are two separate things. Is this dirt race being a thing and this being racing on Easter being a thing? Every driver that I heard from this weekend, it, it seemed like they were either upset that they were racing on Easter or they were upset that they were racing um, on the dirt Bristol race or they were upset at both. Uh, and, you know, I think when the track and the driver's meeting occurred, the track president walked in and he said, happy Easter, everybody. And only to the tune of deafening silence. Every mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like anybody's really very fond of the idea that they're racing on Easter right now. Everyone would much rather be with their families. Um, you know, I, you know, I've got people that I would like to spend time with, uh, have an off weekend with, but I'm not saying I didn't enjoy my time at Bristol, but of course I would always love to be with my family for an extra weekend. And those drivers certainly would too. They do not get a break except for that one weekend. That's uh, that's in the middle of the season. And that seems to be, you know, over, over encompassing, um, ideas that everybody just seems to be upset that they are racing on Easter weekend. Uh, some of them very, no matter, it doesn't matter who you bring out, if, if you bring out Tim Tebow or not, like they're just not that happy that they're there. Um, when it comes to the dirt at the Bristol race, uh, I think that, you know, a lot of dirt racers just seem to be, yeah, this isn't actual dirt racing. We heard from Jonathan Davenport. He said, this isn't actual dirt racing. We heard from a lot of other dirt racers say, uh, Kyle Larson included saying this, you know, we shouldn't be racing dirt at all. Other guys didn't seem to care, but other way, otherwise, I think we maybe heard from about three drivers total. And that's from both series combined saying, yeah, this is fun. So it's, it's, it's kind of up in the air. It's not exactly a weekend that makes drivers very happy. And Denny Hamlin said it perfectly on action detrimental. You know, you want to know the guys that had fun, the guys that finished in the top five, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Tyler Reddick, they all had fun because they finished in the top five. You want to ask a guy like Ryan Blaney 
or, or, or Austin Cindric, who finished 19th and 23rd, respectively, if they had fun, it may be a little bit of a different story, Nolan. But um, well, let's talk about the actual race, because from my, from our point of view at home, it felt like once you were in the lead, you, you were going to be just fine. And, and we saw that the first stage, Kyle Larson led all 75 laps. After that, it was Tyler Reddick leading for a bit. After that, it was Kyle Busch. And he kind of went back and forth with Tyler Reddick. But during the last stage break, Christopher Bell stayed out. That was all, all she wrote, leading the last 99 laps. The dirt guy wins it again, uh, a yellow at the very end with the white flag due to hashtag thanks Ross. Uh, Ross Chastain stuck, uh, not moving in turn number four. They had to wave it or else it would have been a great finish between him and Tyler Reddick. Dalton, from your point of view at Bristol, was it kind of like what we saw on TV where if you got the lead, you weren't really going to give it up? Yeah, absolutely. I that was, It was like the whole weekend, even in the truck race, too. I mean, Joey Logano led 138 out of 150 laps. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's an unbelievable amount of domination that we saw from Joey Logano, who isn't even a dirt racer to begin with. Uh, I mean, unless you count the other dirt races at Bristol that we've had. But, <laughs> you know, when it comes to... At this dirt Bristol race, it just seems like the leader has an unfair advantage. We see them uh, unpassed, unchallenged more times than not. I'm not saying that, you know, there were some moments during that race where we saw, uh, you know, a three-way battle for the lead. I think at one point we had, oh, we had a battle between Kyle Busch, uh, Austin Dillon was up there, I believe. I'm not mistaken, Tyler Reddick was up there at one point too. Just that, that was amazing to watch. I love that, but the problem was, is that that lasted about maybe 10 laps and 10 laps of Bristol, it goes by very quickly. So it's very obvious that when it comes to this dirt Bristol race, it's not very competitive up in the front. And that's what really matters in the middle. When we saw those two, three wide battles oh, phenomenal, great stuff, but I don't care about those guys, at least, you know, not immediately, you know, I don't care about those guys as much as I do for the league. Uh, you know, if Tyler Reddick takes the lead or excuse me, Christopher Bell takes the lead at the end of the race and he knows that he doesn't have to pit again, he's probably going to win the race. Uh, it's and that's what happened. I would have loved to have seen, uh, you know, Tyler Reddick try one last try in that corner. I saw that physically happen in front of me. He took the high lane and Bell took the low lane. And I wish Ross wasn't there uh, again. You know, hashtag thanks, Ross. But <laughs> if Ross wasn't there, um, perhaps we would have seen a really amazing uh, finish um but unfortunately that just seems to be what this race can only produce is a really fun finish and like we saw last year uh but didn't get that quite this year because of that caution and the racing was okay but not not phenomenal in the lead now you, this will probably be the only time i say this on this podcast but congratulations to ryan priest for actually having the balls to actually do something for Dalton for the longest time people uh keep saying oh yeah uh they're they're gonna get the revenge people stop need to stop driving like idiots and but they don't do anything Ryan Priest said screw that narrative and he was not happy with Kyle Larson and he showed it now they were battling side by side Ryan Priest um it, it ends up getting some contact has to go to the back Kyle Larson uh also spins goes and heads to the back. Well, Ryan Priest caught up to Kyle Larson, and, uh, well, they they were going back and forth, beating and banging, and it ended up with Larson into the wall, 
Priest uh, could not really admit it because what happened with Denny Hamlin, he doesn't want to get fined. And so he was like, yeah, I just got I just got super tight. That's all. Um, I think we can all fit in what really happened there. But honestly, uh, don't, kudos to Priest for having the balls to actually put your, put his money where his mouth is. Dude, Ryan Priest is a racer's racer. That <laughs> man, he, he is a true old school type of racer. And I am quoting him directly. I interviewed him last year at Daytona and he, the guy just, he didn't come here on, on money. He didn't come here on sponsorship. The guy came here on talent and talent alone. And when it comes to talent growing up in those modifieds on in the Northeast, like he did um, and having to, to make his way through the ranks, you gotta be a little aggressive. You can't let yourself get pushed around. And Ryan priest by God is a driver that does not get pushed around. I respect the man. Um, now when, and you know what I, like you just said, I, I respect even more, uh, he kept his mouth shut. Um, (laughs) these drivers don't, you know, we saw what happened with Denny Hamlin, uh, uh, a week ago or two weeks ago, or however long it was, uh, where he came out and, you know, it basically admitted to, uh, hitting Ross Chastain at Phoenix and, or I guess it was post Phoenix, but hitting Ross Chastain at Phoenix and he got fined because of that. Now we might be seeing the repercussions of that. And Ryan Priest saying, yeah, I just got loose. That's all it was. And uh, he, I like to say it like this. Ryan Priest made wrecking Kyle Larson look sexy. And I say that, I know. <laughs> and I say that only because he's got plausible deniability. He's got <laughs> nothing. Nobody can touch him right now because nobody can sit there and say, oh, you did that on purpose. That's a reasonable thing to say. That's a reasonable thing. Yeah, maybe he did get loose. I mean, the track was a slick dirt race track, and he's a modified racer. He's not that good. I mean, he's not he didn't grow up really on the dirt racing scene uh, as much as other people did, and could be a thing. Could be a thing that actually happened. I compare it to what happened with Denny Hamlin at Pocono last year when he basically told Ross Chastain, did, and Denny came out and said, oh, yeah, I just got loose, or I just didn't give him any room, or whatever it was, and did he abs- did he hit mean to hit Denny Hamlin or excuse me did he mean to hit Ross Chastain of course he did but he had plausible deniability he made it look sexy and <laughs> I like that you got to do that nowadays you have to give yourself an out and say other than why other than saying yeah I meant to do that because it appears nowadays you get penalized so yeah kudos to Ryan Price for doing what he had to do Kyle Larson seems that he doesn't want to make it uh, any more of a thing than it needs to be That's what he said in his interview post uh, after he got out of the care center. So I consider this matter finished and Ryan Priest got away with it. And he makes wrecking sexy. The Dalton Hopkins story. With that being said, that is all for Bristol Dirt. So when we come back, we're going to be playing, not my interview, but Luke and Glover's interview with Ken Schrader, part two of his conversation. Looking at those guys too, you know, we got there are some there's so many young guys in our sport who have really taken off or who who feel like you feel like could take off any second and then of course we got, still got some veterans who just keep winning um who do you think looking into the future based on some drivers you've seen who do you think are some guys that you see as future champions who are just going to be the the names of the sport as we go along well i, I mean ugh. And, you know, there's, there's there's so many right now. I mean, obviously, Larson. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I got to 
I, I always have been, will continue to be. Even you know, I like all the teams and everything. I'm a I'm a Hendrick man at heart. I drove for Rick nine years. HendrickCarter.com is starting all our race cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking, you know, every so often. Uh, he's a buddy, yeah. and you know, with Chase and uh, Kyle Larson. I mean, Chris Trebell. It, it's it's who's gonna position themselves with the right the right team with the right crew chief who's who's going to get in the best uh, best spot I mean only uh, Bristol in the last couple of years you know oh yeah came out of, came, you know all of a sudden he's winning in the Xfinity car and they move him up and he's hauling butt in it uh, there's these guys that make it to a level that level mm-hmm they all got the potential. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's been fun to watch just so many of them go at it, and that's that's a great point of Hendrick. You know, when you look back on your experience at Hendrick, first first part of it is you know how much did you enjoy that experience? Um, you know what was your what's kind of your reflection on that? And then looking at Hendrick today, how cool has it been just to see how far Hendrick has come uh, over all these decades of racing? Oh, I mean, it, I love being there. I was there. I was there nine years. And uh, 88 was my first season. Uh, 96 was my last. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it all. Uh, you know, it's a little weird, though. I never drove for Hendrick Motorsports. I drove for Papa Joe Hendrick Motorsports, <laughs> which was a little bit a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed driving the heck out of for Pop. Uh, but to see, uh, you know, that's... The commitment that he has made to the sport. Uh, there's a, a lot of other people too, but you know he's been very fortunate. He's had good sponsorship, and and he's uh, you know he's had other good enough businesses that he's been able to uh, to build over the years. And boy, they have built quite the operation. And he, you know he's done it with uh, hiring what he thought was the right people and then letting them do their jobs, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, I think it's amazing what he's, what he's built, what they been able to put together. It's, um, this is a, <laughs> I, I might sound, I might sound stupid with this question, but I've, I've always kind of wanted to know, you talk, you know, like you said, a racer is a racer and so many of them are so talented. Some of them, you know, just don't get to see the opportunity. But when you look, Obviously, you got to see Jeff Gordon coming into the sport, and now we have Kyle Larson, who's been around, you know, some years, but he's you know now getting used to Hendrick Motorsports and his third season with them. Do you see any comparisons between those two? Um, I know a lot of people have compared them. Do you do you think that's a, a legitimate comparison? Uh, not not really. I don't think it's real legitimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I spent quite a bit of time with with Jeff last week. Uh, Talking, I was a couple of days losing doing an event together, a lot of fun. Uh, but Kyle had so much more cup experience when he well, he, he had cup experience when he came in. He was a cup winner. Yeah. When he came in, he changed teams. Mm-hmm. Jeff had Xfinity experience under him, and they threw him in the deep end. <laughs> and he didn't, you know, I mean, the first year was rough. 
Mm-hmm. And the second year, uh, he won, and then you couldn't stop him. Uh, and then he concentrated just our cup. Uh, you know, Kyle came in, and for Rick, what, well, hell, he won the first year, right? Yeah. That was 20. Yeah, 10 so he won championship first year. Yep. Last year, he was right there. And this year, sure, starting off good. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it, the, the comparison is they both came from open wheel, and they both hauled ass. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, I mean, there's a lot of differences. Like I said, Kyle came in. He was a cup winner. I don't know how many he'd won, but he'd won, you know, whatever. He'd, I know he'd won some mm-hmm. over Ganassi's. Uh, and then also, okay, so here Kyle is as a cup winner. And then he has his little, where he has to sit out for a year, which he proceeds to win every friggin' thing he gets in, basically. <laughs> yeah. And he comes in driving for Mr. Hendrick with more confidence and desire than anyone could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... And, okay. you know, he's, he's got his foot back in the door and he's gonna, he's gonna maximize it. Not that everybody isn't doing... You know, everybody's doing everything they can anyway. But when you take someone that's you know, already been there, mm-hmm. was good, went back, kicked everybody's ass, doing the other stuff, now gets the other opportunity. Oh boy, we'll try to stop him. Yeah, that's 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 a great point. Uh, that's some good analysis there. I think um, you know it's easy. I think it's easy to kind of look those things over. So yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Two more questions, if you have time, if that's okay. Yes, sir. Uh, two more. Um, kind of going, sticking with the NASCAR. Um, my part of the reason that I kind of got into the underdog stuff and everything, and then want to call you, um, was uh, you know, you've had that experience. Well, again, first off, let me say again, I really appreciate talking to you. It's it's been a true honor. Um, when you uh, you got to some experience with Junie Dunlavy, and uh, my uh grandfather didn't work for a team but he got he lived in the richmond area and got to help him out so it's kind of cool to see those draw those uh comparisons what what was it like just driving for junior what kind of owner was he like just kind of as a as a human being how, how did you uh, enjoy uh your time with him well you know when you're uh of course he was a, a little bit older than some of the other people in the garage area mm-hmm but when the when the garage area basically refers to him as Mr. Donlevy, you know, <laughs> it right away tells you what kind of respect is there. That's right. From everybody, and you know, when I when I got to drive for Mr. Donlevy as a rookie, oh my gosh! I mean, the last thing that was was a oh, okay. How do you you'll know what I mean, but. Uh, by no means that was an underdog team to win races Mm -hmm. but at the time when you only had what seven eight guys winning races in the course of a year oh yeah that was by no means an underdog team sure Mm -hmm. I, i could not have started at, at a better place because, and especially our, our time, because now when those kids get a cup ride, 
they're expected to go. They got to go right off the bat. Yeah. Mr. Donnelly's, you are expected to go. You are expected to bring the thing back at the end of the day mm-hmm. and learn something. And boy, it was, it was, I mean, I could not have asked for a better place to, to start my career. It, it's truly remarkable just looking at his history. You know, of course he got, you know, just, just having you and then uh, Jody Ridley and so many guys can drive for him. Just how many careers he developed and how many guys he gave a start. Um, and he's one of those names that I think really need to be brought back for people to see, for, for these kids growing up to see. Um, so I just, you know, just getting to hear your experience with him, I, I think that's uh, that's real, that's pretty cool well, right there. That was, I mean, that was uh... – that was such, I mean, I was so fortunate there to get drive for him. He, he's the one, I, I would have never wound up at Mr. Hendricks if it wasn't for Junie. Oh, really? No, Junie helped put that deal together. Wow. I mean, he's, he knew that I wouldn't be back with him, and he worked to get me in the best possible place. And this is all stuff that I found out later. Uh-huh. But he, uh, I mean, he just, uh, very, very well-respected man. And we're very fortunate that in our sport, we got a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's, you know, I, I love hearing those stories. And, um, you know, so but that's that's great. And um, just to hear just giants of our sport, you know, some of the unsung heroes in a way. In a way, you know, I think Junie was still pretty, like you say, Mr. Dunlavy, but he, uh, yeah. It's it's still pretty cool. And um, last question, uh, if that's fine, uh, my uh, so when I was getting into NASCAR, uh, it was about the time you had started uh, racing with the Wood Brothers. Um, I started for the Wood Brothers. The Wood Brothers, yeah. Uh, okay. And my uh, my dad has worked at Little Debbie um, around where we live for goodness, I don't remember, I don't know how long now, but uh, one of the very first cars I ever got was one of your uh, Little Debbie uh, uh, diecast. And so mm-hmm. I got, so this is just kind of a little fun question, I just, but something you know, I would kind of want to include and tell those people who worked at Little Debbie's. Uh, what was it like getting sponsored by Little Debbie, driving for the Blood Brothers? Uh, did you have fun with that? I know, I know they had some growing pains as they were trying to get back to full time, but, um, but what was your reflection on that experience? Well, See, I had driven for the BAM team three years, and I was however old. I don't know. Uh, what year was the first year I drove for the Woods? Uh, uh, was it 06, 05, somewhere? Well, so I, I'm, in, I'm in my early 50s. And Eddie Wood calls. He's going to drive for them. <laughs> what the hell do you think the question is, Eddie? And, you know, hell yes. That'd be honored. It's unbelievable. Now, we struggled. Uh, but, uh, they're still great, great friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank the world of them. Uh, Stopped and spent three hours with him one time last summer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, they are, uh, 
the best people and uh, hate that we struggle. Mm-hmm. And we both we both pretty much agree why we struggled, which was just situations we were in that neither one of us really had control of at times. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we had great sponsors with Motocraft, Air Force, and Little Debbie. Uh, yeah, the, the Motocraft and the, the Ford family, I mean, that's a little racist stuff. Uh, and just all the retired Air Force thing, we got to go to Little Debbie's over to the plant and stuff. Uh, spent, what, I forget, some kind of picnic thing they had. We went over there. Okay. And just, just met a ton of good people. So it was, it was great. Uh, you know, look back on it, not happy with the results. But here it is, however many years later, I'm more, a lot more happy with the relationship and the friendships that I have because of that mm-hmm. over having won three or four races and not be talking anymore. Did, uh, did you, uh, did you get to, get to eat any little Debbie's or is that kind of just, uh, promotional and you try to stay away from those and, uh, for the most part. <laughs> no, we went, we went to, what's that, the McKay's, right? McKay? Yeah, 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 yes, sir. McKay, McKay. McKay, yeah. McKay or McKay? Uh, McKay, McKay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no, we, we, we met, uh, we met a bunch of the family and stuff, and it was, it was great. I mean, it just, you know, most of the time, and, you know, it's like the woods and them, uh, you know, I'm just the, the guy that got hired to drive, but most of the time, good people attract good people, mm-hmm. and the McKay's and the Woods and stuff were were just great. Yes, McKay's, McKay's. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's amazing, um, and so it's so cool to hear that. So yeah, I've uh, I, I remember just just being you were kind of you're my hero when I was little because I. Uh, had all the little Debbie stuff and got to, my dad would always talk about, you know, getting to, you know, that different stuff that little Debbie was doing with you and the Blood Brothers and everything. So that's always cool to hear about. So, um, but yeah, I appreciate it. I think that's everything I had. Um, and again, I really appreciate, appreciate you taking the time. It, it was truly an honor, and, you know, just getting to, just looking at your accomplishments and, um, can't imagine all the relationships you've made all these years. It's it's so cool to uh, be able to talk to someone like you, and um, I wish you very well for the rest of the season. Well, I thank you. You can have my phone number. If you ever need anything, just give us a call, sir. Absolutely. I will do. I appreciate it. So, uh, all you, right. you take care and have a great rest of your day. Once again, big thanks to Luke and Glover. Big thanks to uh, my man Trey Lyle for editing that to make it crisp and clear and uh, as cool in the in the words of the late great Stuart Scott. It was as cool as the other side of the pillow, and this guy is as cool as the other side of the pillow. My man, Mister Dalton Hopkins. Dalton, um, right before you came on, you you told a very funny story about uh, part one of the interview with Ken Schrader that involved you your mother and that interview um so please please tell us this it made my it made my night 
Yeah, great stuff from Lucan. My goodness, getting Ken Schrader. What an interesting dude. But uh, I, I come back from the airport at Bristol last night. Uh, my mom was you know, nice enough to, to pick me up at, as late as I came back. And uh, <laughs> she's listening to uh, the part one interview. And I'm like, why are you? Why I'm like, why are you? Why aren't you listening to this? And she's like, she's like, it's a really good interview. It's Ken Schrader. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm not on it, you know, because she's a mom and she's as supportive as she is. And, and she's like, and I'm like, I'm not on it. She goes, it's a good interview. Like, <laughs> so we listened. So we listened to it. But congrats to great kudos to Lucan. I can't wait to, to work with him this weekend. Uh, well, first off, thank you to uh, to Mama Hopkins for a. Uh for help and uh, support support the Affront Shreds podcast. Appreciate that. And it's kind of funny because I listened to that interview with my mom too. Uh, my, my truck was in the shop, so I was, I was having to work with her. She's been helping me with, with some landscaping. So I was actually in the truck listening to it with my mom as well. So really weird how that kind of, how that uh, came out, which is uh, really cool. But once again, big thanks to uh, Lucan for uh, having um, us play that interview. Once again, uh, for part one, check out the Front Shreds podcast, Apple Play, Google, Spotify, or on frontstretch.com at pit lane lt on the twitter dalton let's dive in to martinsville a little bit different 400 laps last year i'm not gonna be honest i'm, I'm okay i'm going to be honest it was a snooze fest william byron says when i win races i make them as boring as i possibly could and it was cold it was windy. It was just icky. And well, he became the first double winner at Martinsville of the 2022 season. He led 212 of the 403 laps. It looks like Dalton's no, going to be a little bit different. It was like, I, I want to say it was like in the 30s, 40s last year. It's supposed to be like the high 70s and low 80s this upcoming weekend. And I feel like that's going to create a huge difference with this racing because it feels like with this new next gen car the colder the temperatures are the not the um unfortunate circumstance of how bad the racing is is that safe to assume i i think so i mean you have to look at what happened last year uh during the fall race and was that race better than uh what happened in the spring i think so was it as good as we've seen Martinsville in the past? I don't think so. Um, but that being said, uh, it's going to be warmer, uh, thank goodness. And also, I'm going to be there. So the drivers will be uh, racing their hearts out to impress me. So that's the most important thing, I think. Um, <laughs> joking, of course. But in all seriousness, obviously, you know, we've got this big... Martinsville has been such an amazing track in the past. And if we have, you know colder temperatures tires aren't going to get as greasy and hot as they have been in the, in the past but this year it looks like there's probably a good chance they will be that being said does that mean that william byron will not uh be really fast and does that mean that william byron won't lead 212 laps like he did last year i'm not sure because he's still running really strong uh this year he's obviously the guy that um seems to be impressing the most he's already got two wins this year all of Hendrick Motorsports looks truly strong. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Alex Bowen running up in the top five pretty often or Kyle Larson. So, yeah, I'm expecting uh, a little bit better. Um, but again, this is really the true test 
of this new next gen package uh, with the short the new short track package for these next gen cars. Um, so this is this is what really matters this weekend. We saw a little bit at Richmond. Richmond was okay. The Coliseum was okay. Uh, Phoenix, if you consider that a short track, it was eh, kind of okay. Um, so this is going to be the real true test because Martinsville is an honest-to-God true short track. So hopefully we see something really amazing this uh, this year early on. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be the Ross Chastain pass that we saw last year, but, you know, this is going to be the true test of the short track package. And now that it's hotter, I expect it to be better than what it was last year, but maybe not that much better. And Dalton, you want good news or bad news first? Give me the bad news. Bad news is there's rain in the forecast. Well, I'm going to be here. So, of course, there is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The good news? It, there is. I want to give you a really fun stat, real fast. Okay. The last six out of seven races I have been to. No, no, no. I'm sorry. The last seven out of eight races I have been to, it's rained. Some some kind of track on track event has been canceled or delayed because of rain. Okay, we're gonna Every... we're gonna change that because I live on the west coast and I also do the travel arrangements for Front Stretch. I'm gonna send you out to Sonoma with me in June so I can make sure that we it will not rain because it never rains June in San Francisco. We'll get to the good news because I think I know what you're about to say. The good news is there is wet weather tires that could be in effect this upcoming weekend. What kind of racing are we going to see potentially if we have to use those wet weather tires? Yep, that's exactly what I thought you were going to say. And <laughs> oh boy, I am not sure. Uh, you know, we have seen rain racing um, in the past when it comes to the Cup Series guys and um, it caused quite an uproar. Um, we've seen it seems like every single time we have some kind of rain racing on the road courses, uh, it's man, it's chaos. Um, and every time we have some kind of chaos in the Cup Series or in NASCAR, period, everybody seems to say, Oh, this is embarrassing, this is a joke. And it's like, Well, yeah, it's yeah, you're right, it is a little embarrassing. It's not really uh, the type of racing that you would see in other. Uh, forms of motorsport but my god is it entertaining so and when it fits at martinsville you know maybe hopefully it, it won't be um people die bombing into the corner or breaking too late but let's face it that's exactly what's going to happen so i expect a, if it does rain on sunday god forbid um i expect uh, a caution filled race that we're all probably going to be screaming about on after dark uh later that week Dalton, let's dive into guys to watch for. Who is going to be, uh, who are you going to be keeping an eye on uh, this week, and that potentially could get a uh, get a solid finish at the paperclip? <laughs> I'm feeling I'm picking a cheap one this weekend. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of guys that we could put keep our eye on, but there is no driver out there I don't think is as hot, uh, both emotionally and you know on the track as William Byron at the moment. Already got two wins this year. Uh, won this race one year ago. Hendrick Motorsports as a whole is just looking so strong. They just they cannot seem to lose, uh, whether on or off the track, although except for uh, Byron getting that penalty. But I really like his chances. I think Byron's looking really good heading into this weekend. He knows how to get it done. Uh, I'm liking William Byron. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm really watching him this weekend. Uh, if, it, if there's anybody that's not cheap, though, uh, I'm going to probably go with uh, somebody who – you know, is it just me or does it seem like that 
Ryan Blaney's been a little bit quiet the last few weeks. Yeah, or the la- honestly, ever since uh, a little bit of the la- beginning of the season, you know, he has he's been putting up some pretty decent finishes every now and then, but we haven't really seen him challenge for the win. And it's been so long since we've seen him in victory lane. I like, I think Ryan, this is also the kind of track that Ryan Blaney really excels at. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's finished in the top 10 every race uh, at, at Martinsville. See, and, I, and I'm going to look at the quick stats here um, for Ryan Blaney at Martinsville, but he's finished in the top 10 uh, at Martinsville every race for the last, well, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six out of the last eight races he's had at Martinsville. And actually, that's not even the top, that's not even the top 10, that's the top five. He's finished in the top five for six out of the last eight races at Martinsville. I really like Ryan Blaney. This is the kind of track where I feel like he could kind of come back from and, and, and just get that win that he's been waiting for for such a long time. But uh, yeah, one of those two drivers I expect to be running up at the front. God, that's going to be a man on the mission, I think, is going to be uh, a guy that was in some controversy this past weekend. Ryan Priest, he's he's grown up on short tracks as a modified guy. They're not there this week, but hey, he knows the paperclip from the like the back of his head. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him battling it out for a top 10 or a top five but i think when it is all said and done we see the guys from hms uh they're they're just the class of the field um so i'm gonna go with a guy like alex bowman i think the 48 car they get their crew chiefs back all four of them come back from the four race suspension dalton so i'm gonna go with with ryan blaney uh not ryan blaney i'm gonna go with uh alex bowman I, 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 was, I was I was looking at you and in, in which you just said, but no, uh, I think Ryan Blade is going to be in like the top five, but I don't think he's going to win. I think he's going to come up a little bit short like he has been in the past, but I'm going to go with the 48 car uh, to get his second win at the paperclip. He did win uh, once a couple years back. I got the 48 car getting the job done. Dalton, let's do, dive into your dark horses. I, I mean, I basically my, my dark horse was Ryan Priest. So uh, uh, who, who is your dark horse? And then uh, like, like my pick, Alex Bowman, and who, who's your pick to win the actual race? Man, I don't even know. For right, can we consider Ryan Priest a dark horse? I, I mean, I guess we he could. But won, man, so I mean, he, he he just seems like he seems like a really talented race car driver. But I know you're right. He does seem like a dark horse. But racing for Stuart Haas Racing, it's so weird that we consider those guys dark horse picks. But uh, yeah, and I'll tell you what, this guy might feel kind of weird picking as a dark horse guy, but. My new dark horse pick, it was going to be Josh Berry and just announced that Chase Elliott's going to be in the car uh, for this upcoming weekend. But instead, it's actually going to go, I'm going to go with A.J. Allmendinger. He's been okay. so fast. At Mar- there you go. I mean, these Mar- these road course guys, I don't know what it is about Martinsville. Maybe it's just the really hard braking. Um, but when it comes to Martinsville, the road course guys, they just seem to really excel here. I'm not really, I'm not entirely sure what it is. And A.J. Allmendinger, this is actually one of his best oval tracks, believe it or not. Uh, He's finished runner-up in the Cup Series here two times, one time in 2012 and another time in 2016 when he was still with JTG uh, Darty Racing. So I really like A.J. Allmendinger uh, for this weekend. I know that he's been struggling ever since the beginning of the year. Um, He's not been putting up the great finishes. Uh, that he really wants and, you know, just had a missed opportunity at Coda, uh, you know, getting involved in an incident. So I like A.J. Allmendinger this weekend uh, for, for Martinsville as my dark horse pick. 
and your pick to win. Did you already say it, or are you going somewhere? Yeah. Some... Okay, perfect. So you got... It's it's probably going to be William Byron. That's uh, that's my pick to win. I like Rick Hendrick Motorsports right now. Um, you know they're just they're just so strong. They just seem unstoppable. Uh, William Byron's my pick to win. Although keep your eyes on Ryan Blaney. Speaking of HMS, it came on our emails this afternoon from Hendrick Motorsports. Chase Elliott to return at Martinsville. He suffered a fractured tibia while snowboarding on March the 3rd, rehabilitated in Colorado. He tested Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday morning in the Chevy driver in the loop simulator before making a final decision to return to the track. He's going to be making his return on Martinsville. What should fans expect from Chase Elliott in his return to the track? And just after a little bit over a month since he hasn't been in the car. You know, I I, I was so shocked to see that because it just seems so soon, doesn't it? It seems so mm-hmm. much sooner than a lot of us expect Chase Elliott to come back uh, to compete in the Cup Series. And, you know, I'm, I'm honestly a little concerned, actually. Um, I wonder if it's maybe too soon. Uh, Chase, you know, his, his incident was he, he got a bro. He got some broken bones in his legs. I mean, he got broken legs. So Martinsville is a very heavy breaking racetrack. It's a short track. I mean, I kind of expected him to come back at Talladega or something like that, a place where you don't use the brakes all that much, but he's going to have to put, uh, you know, he's gonna have to press the floorboard uh, over and over again. 800 times yes 400 laps so 800 times uh <laughs> this weekend uh pretty hard um so i think he's gonna he's gonna struggle i think physically um but at the same time this is chase elliott we're talking about here uh i don't feel like he would come back if he didn't feel like he could win a race and i'm sure that we're gonna hear a lot of that this weekend we're gonna put a bunch of mics in his face i'm sure uh, this weekend, and he's probably going to say exactly that. He didn't feel like he could come back if he didn't win. So I think I expect two, one out of two things this weekend. One, he's going to excel. Uh, he's going to run up in the top five, and everyone's going to be really shocked of how great he's running. Either that, or he's going to be struggling to uh, to finish in the top 20. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean that that's basically finishing that's basically finishing my thought, but uh it's either that he just either finishes in the top five or he struggles to finish in the top twenty. Dalton, let's head on over to the checkered flag to wrap it up, brother. Checkered flag, here I come. Oh no! Final thoughts are in the air, whatever you want to rant, rave, or anything in between. Mr. Dalton Hopkins, the floor is yours. I'm just gonna say the same thing that I put in thinking out loud this weekend, uh my weekly column. The Bristol Dirt Race. Let's go back to it. What are we doing in the future? It's up in the air. We don't know what we're doing in 2024. And it just seems like every time we go there, everybody's miserable. And by everybody, I mean the drivers. Look, I know that there's a lot of fans. My phone exploded this weekend because of all the comments that we saw on Kyle Larson, on the Kyle Larson interview and the Jonathan Davenport interviews. And listen, first off, if you commented on that, thank you for voicing your opinion. Uh, on some of our posts and following us on frontrush.com. But at the same time, there are, I've heard, so I've seen, I've read all these opinions and I have to wonder, there, there's a mix of people that do want, that do like this dirt race, but there is an overwhelming majority of people that don't want it at Bristol. And it seems like the nice consensus, the 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 common ground that I have seen over these, this past weekend is let's have a dirt race. 
We need a dirt race on NASCAR. We need that kind of variety in this sport because NASCAR, there is no other motorsport on the planet, and you can take this to the bank, that has more variety in its schedule than NASCAR in 2023. There just isn't. I'm sorry. There's no other motorsport on the planet that has a dirt race, a street course, road courses, super speedways, intermediate ovals, and short tracks all in the and, – and, excuse me. And if you count the exhibition race, the the clash, uh, a, ra- a stadium race. If you even, I don't even know what you would classify that as a short track or a stadium race, whatever. But still, there's no racetrack on the planet. And a dirt race, not having a dirt race on the schedule takes that away. We have been clamoring for a dirt race for years. There's a reason we had that truck race at Eldora for so many years is because we just wanted to go back to the dirt because it's a fun thing to see. Racing on dirt I know what Davenport said. It's a novelty. It's not true dirt racing, but it's still fun to watch. And and, and for the record, for the rest of the interview, John and Davenport was, you know, very, very complimentary about the racing. He said he still had a really good time and he would come back and do it again. So obviously this race can be fun, but we don't need to have it at Bristol. There's no reason to take away a short track race. The be- One of the best short tracks if not the best, I would say, on the schedule. There's no reason to take that away from the spring race. I know attendance was low, but attendance is getting low right now for the Bristol Dirt race. So on dirt, the attendance is low. So there's really no reason to keep going back there and just keep trying to make this work. Let's do an actual dirt track. I know that there's not a lot of dirt tracks out there that can accommodate the amount of people that would go to a cup race, but at this rate, who cares? There's not a whole lot of people going to the dirt race as it is. So let's talk to Tony Stewart. Let's make nice with Tony. Let's go back to Eldora. Let's put the cup cars on Eldora for God's sake. Let's just make it work, please. Not Knoxville, though. Truck race didn't go, <laughs> didn't do very well there. You know, I, I would love to not harp on this, but once again, back in after Daytona, I was harping on Fox's coverage, and once again, I'm I'm harping on Fox's coverage, and I, I know that the directors and producers, they, they, got, they got a tough job, but for them to miss every single wreck as it was happening, and for them to come back almost five seconds after and not show it in real time is unacceptable. Now, obviously, Fox is in a contract year. NASCAR is in a contract year with the TV people. It should make no reason whatsoever for Fox's coverage to be this dismal. The, the producing is bad. The announcing is is bad at times. And it's just a rough watch. And if we want more people, we want more Gen Zers to be proud of the sport and to grow the sport, what are we doing with the TV coverage? Because it is abysmal. The amount of wrecks that we did not get to see, but we were told about it on Twitter, literally made it feel like there was a a race within a race that we didn't get to see because of how bad this coverage was. I don't know if we need a new director, if we need a new producer, or if we just need a new brand new slate of things away from Fox, but something has got to change and something's got to change fast or more people are going to get upset and it's going to get very loud, very fast. Dalton, big thanks to you, my friend, at Pit Lane LT. What can um, the viewers expect or and the listeners expect from your coverage this weekend? And then uh, once again, just plug your socials, my dude. Well, folks, keep an eye on our YouTube channel. I guarantee you we're going to have a plethora of interviews this weekend, uh, not only for myself, but of course for Michael Massey. And of course, we're going to have Luke and Glover out there, Trenton Worsham as well. 
So we're going to have a lot of folks on the ground on that small little short track in Virginia uh, doing some great coverage um, this weekend and getting some getting some interviews from your favorite drivers and even some drivers that you probably don't really hear from very often. That's uh, that's kind of what we do. So um, as far as Sunday night goes, uh, you can always check my stuff out and thinking out loud on my weekly column, hear my opinion, uh, see some stats and just, you know, read about what we've got going on or read about what the, you know, the world of NASCAR is like right now. Uh, the biggest opinion, uh, biggest story that's happening uh, that weekend. And of course, next weekend should be our first episode of Front Stretch After Dark podcast. And we're going to have Brian Nolan on there. So God help us. And Michael Woo-hoo. Massey. And Trey Lyle is probably going to be there as well. So Trey, uh, great to have you on in advance. But um, we're going to be voicing our opinions about all the crazy stuff that happened at Martinsville. It's going to be fun. I can't wait once again. Check out that next week. Check out Through the Gears. Mark Harris came up uh, with his debut episode last Friday. It was spectacular. That's going to be on our podcast and networks. Uh, but just big thanks to everybody's support program. Trail out on um, the ground with us. Just big thanks to everybody that supports the program. Dalton Hopkins at Pit Lane LT at Trey Lyle VT. And then once again, just everybody at Frontridge at front stretch for trail out mr dalton hopkins i am brian Demi the dental and thank you so much next week we're going to be recapping martinsville we got a plethora of great content to deliver to you for trey and dalton i'm brian Timothy the dental and talk to you guys next week recap paper clips